just growing up, um, I was, you know, one of the only black kids in my school. So I really looked up to the black woman I saw on YouTube and um, it warms my heart every time someone says I help them with something. And that's why I keep creating because I know what it's like to be the only one or to not have someone to guide you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Brown Like a Girl, the podcast. It's your favorite host, Nia Imani, and today I'm here with my favorite internet friend that I have not met in person yet, but we need to, Joy Wade. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me give you guys a brief rundown on Joy. Joy is a video creator with over 200,000 social media followers, and she creates weekly content surrounding beauty, college, and personal branding. Joy is also the author and founder of You Got Into Wear, a college admissions and scholarship resource destination. She juggles this while being a senior at the University of Southern California, working summer internships, traveling the world, and launching new projects every year. Everybody, put your hands together for Joy. <laughs> right thank you so much yeah thanks for having me I'm so excited to be on your podcast of course uh okay so let's just dive right in what's your story you know what's your purpose your why and you know honestly just the fueling force by what the reason why you do what you do yeah so I like to say that I'm I basically create for the young black girl who's into beauty, who's into being smart and just wants to do her own thing. Mm-hmm. And that manifests manifests itself in a ton of different ways just because I see myself as a very creative person and a very curious person. So I've given myself the allowance to let that manifest in videos. Um, I mentioned I have a book. Um, I like to do tons of different things. I'm even starting a podcast with my best friend this fall. So mm-hmm. all around, I just love creating. And that all started when I was in middle school and I started my YouTube channel. And I've been creating, I think I'm at eight or nine years on YouTube right now mm-hmm. and really just creating to create. And that all roots in the fact that back then, video creators did not make any money. We did not have brand deals or anything like at that. All. So. I always, yeah, I always have respect for people who started, you know, five plus years ago because Mm -hmm. there's something genuine about their content, about how they create and why they create because it's not rooted in money. Um, We were making tons of videos, um, editing up, up late. And even now, like there's not that much money in it unless you're like, you know, really, really big. So mm-hmm. um, we're really big though. Sometimes there's not a lot of money involved. True. Too. I, I feel like we can get into that. We can get into that. Yeah, about, let's talk like, about that. <laughs> but um yeah, so I say all that to say, um, I in my roots I love creating content and I love interacting with my audience, seeing how I can help them. Just growing up, um, I was, you know, one of the only black kids in my school. So I really looked up to the black woman I saw on YouTube and mm-hmm. um, it warms my heart every time someone says I help them with something. And right. that's why I keep creating because I know what it's like to be the only one or to not have someone to guide you. Exactly. 
Oh, I love that. I think that I love that you and I started in similar spaces and like the reasons and the purpose behind what we do is very similar. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I love being able to tell like someone be like, you know, you're the reason I went to college or you you helped me, you know, figure out where I wanted to be or do. And I think that that is like literally the best. That's the fuel for the fire. Like mm-hmm. just knowing that you, you you living in your purpose is allowing someone else to live in theirs as well or like, you know, help them or guide them. I think that's very genuine. I think that's very um really awesome. Okay, so we already touched on it, so we have to talk about it. Let's talk about brand deals. Let's talk about, you know, being a Black creator. Um, mm-hmm. and I guess not even feeling like all the time the opportunities that, you know, are presented to you. A lot of, you know, brands, they, they'll tell you they don't have a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll tell you, oh, your rates are too high. But then they'll turn around and they'll give, you know, um, another influencer a deal. Right. With, you know, that doesn't look like you or I. But they'll give them, they'll they'll throw money at them effortlessly. So I want to kind of, you know, just touch on that, talk about how you um, maneuver or even negotiate your brand deals and what what has your journey um, with partnerships and sponsorship, what's that look like for you? Yeah. So for context, for anyone who's just like, what are they talking about? <laughs> um, if you are what they call a social media influencer, that's the most common term for it. Um, you make money in one way through collaborating with household name brands and they pay you to feature their products and content and the pay can vary just because influencers are kind of the industry is very new um Mm -hmm. we're freelancers or contractors so everyone's rate is different um and some people have more per se influence than other people and sometimes that's measured in followers which I don't think is necessarily any type of gauge on what influence someone has Mm -hmm. but um for example like somebody's gonna pay Kim K way more than they pay a million than they pay um, a smaller celebrity like Lil Nas X to be to to have something posted so it's the same thing when it's like smaller influencers so what Nia was mentioning is that when you're an influencer of color you know, there's a pay gap in between influencers of color and not like white women. Um, mm-hmm. So my view, I actually don't talk about this a lot because mm-hmm. I am someone who like tries to stay in my lane um, and love what my own content and really be self-reflective. Like, well, why am I not getting this money? And at the end of the day, black people black women always have to work a little bit harder so that's what I've been doing like working three times as hard five times as hard to get the same things but really I think the money comes in having a niche Mm -hmm. um and being valuable in that niche and I figured out I think I'm coming to kind of a breakthrough in as far as like not being paid what I'm supposed to be paid and stuff like that, which I'm really excited about and my bank account is mm-hmm. excited about. Yes. Just to be very like um, transparent. And I think what helped me the most is mentorship and being transparent with other creators. Creators don't like to talk about how much they made. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to be very transparent. Um, So my first brand deal was $200 with a hair brand in 2016 to create Uh a YouTube video. And at the time, I think I had about 20,000 subscribers, something around there. 
Okay. And then now, um, going into 2019, I had um, my highest brand deal, which was um, four figures. Um, I'm not going to say the amount just because of contracts and stuff, and I'm not trying to be out here <laughs> since it was fairly recent. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was in the thousands. Mm-hmm. So, and that was to do probably less work than that first brand deal. Right. Um, but, and so doing that really, but to get to that brand deal, it took a lot. I paid, mm-hmm. I paid a mentor a thousand dollars to talk with me for like two hours. Um, I did a lot of research on the industry. I said no to so many brand deals that were like paying me under my rate. Um, that that money could have added up, you know, here and there, but I was very mm-hmm. adamant about walking the walk um, because I know we always talk about like, well, say no to free gigs or say no to people who are underpaying you. But sometimes it's hard when you have like rent Nothing. to pay things. <laughs> um, you're like, well, I wanted 1500, but they offered me 800. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very adamant about saying no. So this year I literally went through like a dark period of no brand deals for a couple months because I was literally saying no to everything. Right. Um, and I took that time to really realize that the value Brand deals are a supplement. They shouldn't be your main income. So I'm mm-hmm. really, we can talk about this later, but thinking about projects where I can formulate my own income and then have brand deals is kind of like a supplement. But yeah, that's basically my view on that. That was very long-winded, but. <laughs> no, not at all. I just touched on a couple of different things because it's easy to get caught up in like, well, this person getting paid more, but I'm like, well, have you taken sales classes or read sales books? Do you know how to negotiate yourself? Do you mm-hmm. know what all the terms mean? Do you know how to say no and then get the brand to come back with an extra two grand? Mm-hmm. Like you have to kind of learn your industry um, mm-hmm. just so they know you're not someone to play with when the contracts come around. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, I definitely think that it is essential to um, to be as educated as possible in the industry and not even like not to even bring race in it, you know, but I do understand like having the self-reflection, um, you know, being basically saying like, how can I make my brand stronger? How can I be better? But I, I don't think we should ignore, you know, just systemic oppression and how, you know, black women in media, black women on the internet, we are not the dominators essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is because of your essential beauty standards. So we can't ignore that fact, oh, but yeah. yes, we do need to be adamant in our growth and how we can better leverage our business so that we are able to, you know, even the playing field for ourselves and for our community. So we have to be able to, once, as we learn more, we have to be able to share that information because yeah. we are not each other's competition. I mean, honestly, no one is our competition when I think about it, but we need to, you know, help those who are interested in that help and that knowledge so that we can, you know, stop being the minority in something that we're so trendsetting in and that we're so yeah. influenced in the the actual our actual ideas never really get we don't get profited for those things but we're always you know left in the dust so I definitely think it's important you know as women of color creatives of color that we continue to um teach one as we grow or you know reach as we climb and stop um well one if you see a brand doing something sketchy like call them out aka Mm -hmm. shopping (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're like the worst. Okay. Yeah, I'm just calling them out. Don't work with them. They're very um, racist. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, just don't work with them. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your journey in co- to college and honestly, like how you juggle being an entrepreneur and then also um, what, you know, caused you to write You Got Into Where? Yeah, so literally I'm just the biggest nerd I wrote you got into where like my senior year of high school Mm -hmm. um and self-published it and really once again I was like hey I'm this black girl who loves school and like got all the I got a good amount of scholarships to schools I wanted to go to and being a youtuber people saw my journey and were asking questions and if anybody's a youtuber or creator you know that you'll get a hundred of the same questions no matter how many times you talk about it in your videos. Um, So I just wrote the book. um, And then every time someone asked me a question, I would send them the Amazon link. First of all, you're notorious for doing that. People be like, Boy, how'd you get this internship? She'd be like, look, here's my video. And I feel so, like, at first, I well, actually, I'm not that person to be like, oh, I feel mean. But, like, I can see how it looks mean to other people. <laughs> every time I get a question, I respond with the video link or the resource link. Because I did not spend hours of my life <laughs> creating these for people. <laughs> I also like just recovered from like carpal tunnel, so I can't be typing long. <laughs> so I have to just send the link. I'm here for it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's the book. The book came out in 2016, um, and I think it was just a uh, impetus to a new avenue where I could see how I could like help people. Um, I knew find a new passion of mine of like working with students. Um, I was able to do a ton of speaking engagements from that. Um, I've been able to have a new form of revenue, um, like passive revenue. And by that, I mean, the book is already written. And every time someone buys it, I don't have to do any work. Um, it just gets shipped to them. And that's extra money. And I want to write another book. I want to write more books. Um, when I was younger, I loved writing. I like even now. Like I always get. I love getting like new notebooks and like filling them up. Like I love writing, so I can't wait to like get my second book underway. Um, just because that's something I thought was really valuable and like, you know, it's very like tangible. Like, how do I do this? Here's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So how would you say um, it is juggling college for you? How has that journey been for you with everything else that you're doing? Yeah, every year has been different. Um, I think freshman year coming in, you're so excited about college. You can have as many classes as you want and like you're still going to push through because you're like motivated. (laughs) Um, So freshman year was like it was my hardest year of college, I think, as far as academically. That uh-huh. I pushed through and, you know, was making videos um, and doing all that good stuff. I was doing, I think that's the year I did the most of my speaking for the book because it was very recently after. Uh-huh. Sophomore year was my hardest year emotionally and as far as like mental health. Um, that year I took a break from YouTube um, just because it was just too much. Um, and I encourage everyone to just know you can stop. 
And honestly, people don't really notice. <laughs> like, I mean, they will notice, but they'll be happy when you come back. They're like, yeah. okay, we're missing you. Yeah, but like it doesn't, it affects your life way more than it affects like your audiences. <laughs> like <laughs> of you like slaving away to finish things and like when other life things are going on, like it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sophomore year was also when... Um, I got carpal tunnel, so I really couldn't do work either either way. Carpal tunnel is basically like when your hand, like your nerves in your hands kind of shrivel up in a way because you do like too much. Um, if you work on the computer a lot or if you have really bad posture, um, younger people can have carpal tunnel. It's more normal in elderly people because they've been using their hands their whole life, but I'm obviously a workaholic. <laughs> And contracted it in both of my hands. So, no. <laughs> yes, I'm also a workaholic. So, be careful, guys. Like, the hustle can <laughs> damage you, your physical health. Um, so, after that, that was really a big reflection time for me. Like, hey, it's not that serious. Like, get sleep, schedule, block time to do work, get some friends, <laughs> like, do other things. <laughs> I'm still working on the friends thing. Mm-hmm. I'll be your friend. Well, we are friends. We internet friends. <laughs> yes. We're okay. too. Yeah. All my friends like don't live in the same city as me. That's my problem. So I always feel like I don't have friends. But then mm-hmm. like when I go somewhere else, like when I'm in New York, I'm like, dang, I have friends. And mm-hmm. then like when I come to LA, I'm like, who trying to chill? <laughs> Was it hard to make friends at your school? Um, I think so. I think my school in particular, everyone is either very busy with class or like there's a big kind of like the creative scene where people are like musicians, photographers. So they all are very together. And I would think I was a part of that, but I'm not really like artsy, like that artsy aesthetic. So (laughs) I'm not a part of that. Like I just like creating, but I'm not like, yeah, like, let's go I don't know I don't don't even know if that makes any sense (laughs) but there's a type there's a type that's into like you know singing photography like all that stuff modeling and that's not me like I do that but in a different sense right they do it like I do it for the coins they do it for the sake of art's sake (laughs) 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 yeah that's like the easiest way I can explain it so yeah I always didn't feel like yeah. And then as far as other people, I got an on-campus job that I worked and are like, I go to a PWI. So it was in our um, Black um, Cultural Center. And mm-hmm. that was really good because I got to meet um, a lot of people on campus um, and kind of just have like a social scene while I was at work. Um, and I'm also kind of introverted. So that was enough for me. Like after work, I would go home. Like I had no need to hang out with other people. I was like, I hung out with y'all all day at work. <laughs> um yeah and okay that was sophomore slash junior year junior year I studied abroad spring semester in Spain I encourage everyone to study abroad um I'm a public relations major and a Spanish minor so I was taking all my classes in Spanish and doing all that jazz like the typical experience and then now I'm a senior and I only have class two days a week amen and I'm back on my hustle game now that I had rest, now that I had time to reflect, and now that I know how to balance, I'm excited to see, like, how I can utilize all this free time. 
Yes. Uh, I'm wishing you a successful senior year. I want to stress the importance of having fun. I want to stress the importance of taking time for yourself, but also just like realizing like college is over. <laughs> Not that it's over, but like have fun. Enjoy these last couple of months or this last <laughs> you know, nine months because it's about to, shit's about to get real. But yeah. I know you, I know you'll be prepared though. I don't I don't doubt that at all. But definitely just enjoy this journey and take it, let it take its run its course. Don't rush it. Yeah, it's so hard because it's like my whole okay, I've enjoyed my college experience. Mm-hmm. And but every the like junior year, senior year, I've just been like, I'm ready to not have school. Mm-hmm. Um, especially my internship this past summer, I kind of got a taste of like a job that I would actually want to work. Like my Ooh. first couple of internships, I was like, I don't want to work a nine to five. <laughs> but this past summer, I interned at Google. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Complete, that was thank you. Question. Yeah, completely different. Yeah, completely different work-life balance. Like it was just, I was like, wow, like could I work a nine to five? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm excited to like, Kind of see if that's what I'm going to do post-grad. Okay. So, yeah, I want to say congratulations. I know you were at Google. So, that's I'm really proud of you for um, landing that internship. That was really dope. Um, and I know in the past that you've interned at, at L as well as, you know, NBC Universal. So, I guess I wanted you to, like, um, talk about those experiences and, like, what are some tips you have for, you know, people who are interested in a competitive internship? Yeah, so let me just talk about each one briefly. So Elle Magazine was an unpaid internship based in New York, a.k.a. I was broke AF. Mm-hmm. But um, my school has a scholarship for people who secure unpaid internships, so that helped with, like, a quarter of a month's rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, that summer I really leaned in on my parents to help me live in New York. Um, and I had also applied to, it wasn't like that was my first choice of an internship, even though it's a great, you know, it sounds great, but um, unpaid internships are unethical. They're slavery. And, yeah. And they're rooted in like, yeah, they're rooted in a lot of bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I wanted an internship very badly. Because at my school and our journalism slash communication school, internships are like everything. (laughs) So I couldn't be the person who did get an internship. So I worked at Elle that whole summer. Um, I I think I only went in like three times a week. I was like, y'all ain't going to work me that bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't really do anything, honestly. It wasn't valuable um, at all. (laughs) (laughs) I And it wasn't. I didn't want to work there. Um, They had the interns working in a closet. um, And Elle is owned by Hearst. So that's like where all the magazines are in one building. But I did get to do a video project um, with like the video producer who's like does all the celebrity videos. Uh So that was was a connection I made. Um, And then another thing I took away was – I got to meet the editor-in-chief in passing. Okay. Um, yeah. So those are two things that were over a whole summer, <laughs> those were <laughs> my highlights. Okay. Then the next year, I was like, okay, I need to level up. Um, I applied for NBC. 
so I had applied for NBC my freshman year, but I didn't get it. So I applied again my sophomore year and I got it in New York. Once again, I was with the news team. So more like hard journalism, but I um, kind of was able to do a lot of social media um, and stuff like that. So that was fun. And they have a really good internship program. Um, they're very attentive to their interns um, and help them network and stuff like that. So I think that's a great internship for like underclassmen um, and also sometimes upperclassmen, but there's no real real pipeline to like intern to job unless that's- you intern there like multiple years in a row. Okay. So like if I wanted a job there, I probably should intern there this summer and then like stuff like that um and they do request that you apply again so that I guess that's the pipeline and then this past summer um, I interned at Google so that's tech what the heck is a PR major doing in tech um I worked everyone in tech yeah um I didn't freshman year I didn't know that I could work in tech until I met a mentor Mentor who is upperclassman. Her name is also Joy. Her name is Joy Ofodu. She works at Instagram right now. You should follow her. She's awesome. Um, she really inspired me to um, think about what I could do in tech. So I applied to the Google Bold internship, which is their business interns that they basically target um, a very diverse class um, mm-hmm. for the Bold interns and so I was um, a bold APMM intern so that's a associate product marketing manager (laughs) intern and that class is even smaller there were about 30 of us and the our class has a different pipeline to getting jobs so if we get job offers we go into like a two-year marketing rotation and we get to like there's other perks to being in the marketing side of Google. So I was very blessed and grateful to have that opportunity presented to me because I didn't even know what it was. Um, But yeah, that's, and Google was awesome. Um, I'm not even going to lie. It's everything they say it is. Free food. (laughs) Uh, I got to travel like three or four times, like taking flights, paid expense reports, everything. (laughs) Um, I got to, my work was actually very impactful um even after I left Mm -hmm. my internship my team was still emailing me and stuff like that so um, I'm excited to see how that goes this fall I'll kind of know more about job offers and all that so follow me and I'll keep you updated (laughs) yes I'm definitely looking forward to hear about you know what's next for you after um graduation I'm glad that you know you were able to you know find an internship that made you think hmm maybe not nine to five. I was, you know, it's crazy. Cause like my experience in, um, in college, I didn't land a typical internship ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like every time I would apply to internships, like even now when I apply to jobs, I don't, I hear crickets. Mm-hmm. Like I had an interview because I just came to a point in my life. Where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, like freelancer stuff full time. So I was like, let me find a job, which yeah. I didn't really want to do, but I was like, I'll just try. Right. And then they were like, we're so impressed with you. We love what you have to say. And then no one, I'd never heard from anybody. I followed up and I followed up and I still never heard from anyone. So yeah, I'm just like, okay, well, I'll leave it there. It's a sign. It's, a sign. it's definitely a sign. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there's so much more that, you know, this is in store for you before you, even before you get a job, if you do end up getting like a nine to five. Thank but, you. 
So we'll see. I'll let you guys know soon. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I'm definitely on the freelancer kick and more so right now, just like re-strategizing. But I definitely think that, you know, I'm I'm proud of you and seeing just all your growth um, and just being able to see the opportunities that you've landed. That makes me very happy for you. Thanks. You're yeah. Welcome. Post-grad, I'm like, you know, juggling. My family is a family of entrepreneurs. Okay. So I'm no stranger to like, People are like, do you know what it takes? Or like, are you ready? I'm like, actually, I've been working since I was in diapers. So yes, I know what it takes. Right. Um, like, I've been in this for really long. So if anyone's prepared, it's it's your girl. It's her family. Like, all that stuff. So I'm not, I'm not opposed to coming out and doing that. But I also see there's value in maybe working a couple years. Mm-hmm. Kind of learning because my like like I said last summer was the first summer I was like dang I'm learning so much that I didn't even know existed and that's that's like I want to take that back to you know my family's business and like my future business and all that stuff okay good yeah I definitely think yeah there is definitely pros and cons but I definitely can agree with the you know go get more experience however you can get the experience even if it's not in the traditional nine-to-five setting yeah if you can go and work for a startup or you know do a digital um a job where you're working remotely like there's always something that you could be learning from somebody else so don't ever get too comfortable and think that you know it all yeah definitely all right so I know you and your friend Janelle, who also is, you know, a Hamptonian. Mm-hmm. I know you guys are planning to launch your podcast in September. So I want to know what, you know, tell us what sparked your love for travel and honestly, what sparked this endeavor specifically? Yeah. So I'm so excited. Like this is like, honestly, this is like a breath of fresh air for me <laughs> um, working on something like outside of like what I do for videos. I'm rooted in something I do all the time which is traveling and with my best friend who I've known since the sixth grade um so we are starting a podcast called Melanin and Miles which is a travel podcast for black women and Mm -hmm. we're going to be discussing everything from being black abroad crazy stories from when we're like out partying um tips on how to like travel very cheaply and also just like whenever we're traveling, like kind of updates and things like that. And we have been working on this for the past three months um, and we're launching in September. Um, and it's just, I'm just so excited. I don't even care if anyone listens to it. <laughs> they can't go listen to it because um, we put a lot of like work into it um, and our fir- into our first season. Um, which we're almost done recording. It launches on September 10th. You can follow our Instagram at Melanin and Miles. Um, and when we launch, we have a special gift for you guys. So that's another incentive to go to it. But if you love traveling or if you just want to hear some like funny stories of, or awkward stories, just you know, go to our Instagram or to our website, which is melaninandmiles.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So switching gears a little bit, I want you to tell us about a time that you failed and what lesson did you learn from that in return? Oh, Lord. Um, (laughs) Kind of going back to the internship thing. I'm going to make this one really quick. Freshman year, I applied to like 50 internships. Your girl was insane. Mm. And got two, two offers. Both were unpaid. One was in New York. One was in Atlanta. 
I took the Atlanta. I mean, I took the New York. Right. <laughs> yeah, I. Th- but I feel like that was like for a freshman that hurts like fifty nose. <laughs> like, body that hurts. <laughs> yeah, but I was very fragile. I was like, dang. <laughs> I was like, um, don't you want me? I have no experience. Like, take me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I think after that, I learned that you have to do the work, period. Like, I get mad at people who don't like doing the work. I I don't like you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, don't roll up on me asking me questions that are readily available. (laughs) Um, because I will be smart with you. Like people will be like, so when does the um, application open? I'd be like, that's a great question for Google. Literally. <laughs> like <laughs> don't roll up to me. Ask, look at your phone. <laughs> yeah. Because ugh, I wouldn't dare go up to someone and like ask that. Like, no. So that was the biggest takeaway. Do the work and like you're going to what is for you is for you. Like, if I would have gotten any of those other internships, would I be doing what I'm doing now? Um, Yeah, everyone has a path. Your path is already predetermined, I believe. So just roll with the punches. Definitely. Okay, I'm here for that. Okay, so honestly, what has been most rewarding in your work? I know we did touch a little bit about how you feel, you know, very happy that people come to you for advice. But outside of that, what has been most rewarding to you? Yeah, I definitely um, think that's very rewarding. I think that is most rewarding, just feedback, Mm -hmm. meeting people. When you're an internet person, like, when you meet someone in person, you're like, what? Like, you're an actual human being. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it's so awkward. You're like, like, oh, it's it's gotten kind of, it's funny. Like, I was on the train one day in New York, and, like, this guy, girl yells across the train are you joy i was like girl you better chill we in new york (laughs) (laughs) and i was just like this is weird and it's not like i'm like it's not weird you've been doing this for nine years like somebody better know who you are (laughs) (laughs) but i and i'm very proud of why people know me um i think they're really thinking hard about what do you want to be known for? And it's always either, you know, you help me like embrace my natural beauty because of like my hair videos, or you help me with like college, getting into college, scholarships, all that stuff. And I'm very proud of both of those things because I think mm-hmm. those are two things important to black women right now. Definitely. I love that. Here for it. So what advice um, would you give, you know, young women, young black women um, interested in what you're doing, but, you know, they might feel that this industry might be oversaturated? Yeah, um, my advice is start today and figure it out as you go. <laughs> if you go back to my first video, that 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 was trash, like basura, like, <laughs> like no like it was a no it was a big no (laughs) same for like half my videos probably but you did it over 300 videos later I'm usually 80% proud of what I'm putting out oh my gosh like even like uh, it's just like just do it put it out like 
people will remember for probably like 10 minutes after they watch it like just put it out and you know take advantage don't like don't ever say you don't know how to do something don't ever say you don't have the, the like you know the means if you well if you have internet then you have the means um if you don't have internet um you know that's a different story if you don't have mm-hmm. access to certain things I don't want to like be like you can do like you know but even if you don't have access to certain things people around you um find someone who's kind of where you want to be they don't have to be like 20 steps ahead of you they can be one step ahead of you and you can learn something from them um so yeah I'd say that and also for the upcoming creators um be transparent with each other I remember one time I started to try to start like a group of like creators and like nobody wanted to tell people like what they were doing or like that always happens but why it's so weird to me I don't get that I'm like, but why? Like, so I started doing just like one-on-ones. Like if I was with my friend getting lunch, I I would just tell her how much and stuff like that. Even if she didn't share, I just wanted to start like the being dime. like, oh, it's okay to like tell, um, you know, mm-hmm. someone else in your industry, <laughs> like what people make, because that's the only way we're going to make more. Exactly. Like, yeah, because my one friend, like one example, my one friend, she had like double the followers as me, but she was making like half of what I made. And I was like, sis, charge more. Literally. <laughs> I was like, sis, like charge two times as much as I'm charging. Right. And she was scared. And yeah, just like. Conversation- oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was saying like, if you, if say the company has a budget of 10,000, right? Mm-hmm. But you're like, oh, I'll take 400. You think they're gonna say, but we have 10,000. No, no, if they can save money and cut a corner, they they don't care. They the whole at the end of the day, it's about the bottom line. So you need to think about your bottom line, think about the resources, the equipment, yeah. the time that you take to put into the things that you're making, and you need to charge. And I, I love that you're touching on this because this is what I'm writing about. I'm writing about in my book right now. Like, mm-hmm. you have to monetize. like your work, your time, your energy, it's not free. Right. It doesn't equate to a, a PR package. And I mean, if you would like to send me a PR package, great, but I'm not making a whole video for that. I'm not, you know, like if I really and genuinely enjoy it, of course I would love to, but a lot of times companies will try to get influencers in the beginning or those who might not be really know very understanding of the industry just by offering them free this or free that. Yeah, no free work. That was my motto last year, no free work 2018. <laughs> and that expedited my mindset um, and how I navigate brand deals today. So it's hard at first because you're like, dang, but that makeup look cute though. I'm like, go buy it yourself. You know how much you're giving for free Literally. by promoting this? That part. Yeah. yeah. So now I just buy things that I want if they're like, if like if I happen to want it, I'm like, <laughs> My video costs this much. If I subtract the $40 this palette costs, I'm in the negatives. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to think of it as like you're losing money if you do stuff for free. I'm here for that. Thank you for that nugget. Okay, so one more question until we get into our speed round. Um, and that's basically where I just ask you five questions based on quirky things that I find about you online. But <laughs> this is the Brand Like a Girl podcast. I want to know um, how do you brand like a girl and what sets you apart from um, other people in our industry? 
Yeah. Okay. Um, what sets me apart? I think what sets me apart is that this year, 2018, I've really set forth to package myself nicely. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, I redid my website. I redid my press kit. I made like a brand guide. Right now I'm working on my aesthetic. Like I'm really focusing on my branding right now because my audience is engaged. Also, mm-hmm. that's something that set me apart. I can do my brand deals get more engagement than my non-brand deals. Mm. That sets me apart. My audience loves, I don't know why, but my brand deals get more engagement, more likes. Um, I can get tons of comments on my brand deals. So I think that's what also sets me apart in the influencer industry. And also just as an entrepreneur, I'm really working on, as a PR major, This that's what's helped me a lot, um, kind of understanding like branding, messaging, um, Direction, clarity, all of that is what school has helped me with. And I was very strategic in making sure I had a major that kind of rolled over into my work. Mm-hmm. So now I'm figuring out, okay, I learned this in class today. How can I apply it to my brand? So I'm really working on like kind of being like a package where someone can say, this is Joy. This is what she does. This is why we need to partner with her. And so that's what I'm really working on. I think everyone should work on. If you can't say what you do in like, one to two sentences and if you ask someone what you do a good way to measure it is do an Instagram like question thing and say like what do you know me for and if everyone doesn't say the same thing or if everyone says something different then you have some work to do that's real okay it's speed round time are you ready okay. yes. you have two seconds to answer these questions wait how many you only have two okay okay <laughs> okay Natural hair product you can't live without. Leave-in conditioner. If you were a fruit, what kind would you be? Uh, pineapple. <laughs> Why would you be a pineapple? <laughs> Sweet and spiky. <laughs> Rose water or micellar water? Rose water. What country have you been to that has the worst food? Spain. Are you serious? Yes, don't go. <laughs> Why was it bad? Um, take every food you know and remove all flavor and seasoning. That sounds depressing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> all right, and last they only time. eat pork. Oh, they only eat pork? Yeah, that's like the only meat they do. I'm sorry that you had to experience that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm traumatized. Last question. Vacation or girls trip? You know, we talked about how I don't really have friends like that. So vacation. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Joy. <laughs> Let the people know where they can find you. If you have any things coming up, I know you do have your um, trip to Jamaica coming up. I don't know if you've had any more slots that you wanted to plug oh, in or yeah. anything like that. Um, Honestly, I think it might be closed by the time the podcast comes up, but if it, if you're listening to this before September 4th, there are about like five spots left on my group travel trip to Jamaica. Janelle will be there, my Melanin and Miles podcast co-host. And also, yeah, so come sign up. All my socials and all about me and all about the trip can be found at joyway.com. So just go there and you can explore all of that. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
Joy, for sitting down for this episode of Brown Like a Girl, the podcast. I really appreciate the insight that you offered my listeners as well as myself. Um, honestly, I'm just looking very forward to your journey and just seeing everything that, that you accomplished within this next year. And I just want you to know I'm proud of you and I'm, I'm loving what you're doing and I'm rooting for you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Of course. Talk to you soon.